Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through the 119th Psalm. And we're at the stanza that begins with verse 97. We're actually looked at most of it. We haven't looked at verses 102, 103, 104, which we're about to do. But I want to back up and start at the beginning of the stanza again. These things all flow because it is a stanza. It's a thought. And quite often there's a one or two primary thoughts that are happening within these stanzas right here. Uh, in this case right here, we see that uh, like meditation appears twice. <clears throat> so verse 97 says this, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged because I have observed your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. So you notice that uh, the psalmist is going on this I, 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 I kind of thing. At the beginning, he says, I love your law. And he tells why, what he does with it. I meditate on it all day long. And he says, your commandments have made, and there's certain things that happen here. His, the commandments of the Lord made him wiser than the enemy, gave him more insights than teachers. He understood more than the ages. He was able to restrain his feet from evil way that he may, he says, I may keep your word. But notice what he says, I have more insight. I understand more. I have restrained. I haven't, and we're about to see, turned aside. But he says, I have kept your word. The keeping of the word is not through the power of the flesh, but it's through the power of the Most High God, which we're about to see some more about that in just a moment. And he's acknowledging this, the commandments, the testimonies, the precepts, the word of the Lord empowers us, folks, to live as we should. Now, this isn't just for uh, Old Covenant type of thing because the Psalms are in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. No, <clears throat> this is uh, for us as believers also. Now, let's continue on verse 102. He says this. He continues this, I think. I have not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourself have taught me. That right there is a big thing when you think about it. He says, you know, I haven't turned aside from your ordinances. Now, again, we've mentioned this and talked about it in several of the stanzas, this does not mean that the psalmist is perfect in all of his ways and that he never makes a mistake, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of thing. But his pattern and practice of behavior and direction of purpose is toward the word of the Lord and being faithful to him. And he says, I haven't turned aside from your ordinances. Well, why is that? Because God himself has taught him. Don't forget this. If we meditate upon the word of the Lord, if we turn to the Lord, if we simply open up his word and start reading, he will teach us himself. He says, for you yourself have taught me. I think that far too often we rest upon uh, other people to teach us. 
And it's good to have teachers. There's a role, there's a function. There's a spiritual gift of teaching we see in the New Covenant. Okay, and that's fine. And it's good to have teachers. But the Scripture also says, you know, by now you ought to be a teacher. Another portion of the Scripture says, well, you don't really need a teacher on this. You have the Holy Spirit. And so it's not a mutually exclusive kind of thing that you have a physical human teacher or the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. They all work together. But if you're uh, locking in to a physical human being more than you're locking in to the Spirit of the Most High God and the Lord Himself, then you're going to be in error. And we really do that too much, folks. And we do it innocently, particularly within the Western church. Uh, just listen to what's said. If you listen to what's said, you'll hear good people, <clears throat> people who are saved, good God-fearing people. But you'll hear them uh, speaking more of their church, of their organization, of their pastor, of their particular leader, whatever it may be, it may be the Sunday school teacher, maybe a Bible study teacher, maybe a worship leader, maybe something like that. You'll hear them speaking of that and seeking to draw people to the kingdom of God and seeking to be attracted to somebody to, quote, try to get them to come to church, unquote. All the while forgetting that they are the body of Christ standing in front of this individual. And so, no, you don't need to sit there and go through all these things trying to get people to go to church. We are called and we folks are empowered and instructed and taught to be the very vessels of the kingdom of God. And so the psalmist is sitting there saying, you know, I haven't turned aside from your ordinances because, Lord, you have taught me. Let's listen how the Lord is directing us and how he's teaching us and how he is leading us. If you're sitting there and somebody's showing some interest in something, you feel like if it goes through your mind, I've said this so many times, I'll say it again. If it goes through your mind that, well, they need to go to church. That's great. That's wonderful. But realize if you're a true believer, you are the church. And don't sit there and try to get them to come something a few days later to come to an event, which is actually more than likely, particularly if they've never been in the environment, uh, going to be very strange for them. They're, they're going to be scared. They're going to be frightened. No, no, no. If that goes through your mind, you are the vessel. You are the church. And here's what the most powerful thing is you can share with them. You share with them what the Lord has done in your life and what he is doing in your life and how you are changed because of it. People will listen to that. If you sit there and start quoting out of second hesitations and things like that, that's not going to mean anything to them. You might as well be speaking uh, uh, Greek and Latin, okay, a foreign language, Hebrew. You know, you might as well be doing that. So here's what he's saying. You have taught me, Lord. Now listen to verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. What you will find is that as you meditate upon the word, as you learn the word, as you're taught by the Lord, your language will change. Your vocabulary will change. And that's what's so attractive. When people see uh, individuals that are true believers and they're authentic and they're not putting on a religious language in one discussion and then in a regular language in another discussion, when the word of God flows from them as honey from their mouth, when the word of God are those sweet words are just what they speak day in and day out. And I'm not talking about the Queen's English, okay, not that kind of thing. But when the words of truth are coming out of somebody without it being the kind of thing, well, hang on a second, got to get a, a three-part devotional together in my mind to share with you. No, no, no. When what is coming out of that believer is the overflow 
of what's occurring. We see it all the time, folks. You know the difference when someone is teaching, when someone is preaching, and they're doing so from an overflow of what they've experienced in the Word and by the Spirit. You know the difference with that. And someone who's up there just working through a plan, who's worked hard, has got something laid out. Okay, I appreciate that. But then they're just sort of uh, talking to you about it. You definitely know the difference when somebody stand up and is reading something to you. Okay, and it's being read to you, and you realize, wait a minute, I'm just being read to. Then there's no power, there's no pathos, that there's no uh, authenticity between what's being expressed right here, though it may be the truth, and the vessel that is coming through. Now, the last verse, verse 104, from your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. <laughs> Boy, I love it when the psalmist does this. I hate. You know, I'm really, I'm, I'm going to hate the false way. Okay, hate without sin, the way that is false. How do I know what is false? Because from the precepts of the Lord, I get understanding. Okay, uh, the Bible studies that we I've been using them. I don't even know how many years now. A bunch of years, more than thirty years. Uh, it's called from a ministry called Precept upon Precept, and it talks about how we learn line upon line, precept upon precept. And uh, that precept simply means a statute of something. Okay, a, a mandate of God, a truth of God. Okay. A foundational thing of the Most High God, and that's what the psalmist is saying. From these foundational things, from these precepts, I get understanding, and because I have this understanding, I hate every false way. And a lot of what the psalmist has set up this point in time right here, we know that he hates every false way, beginning with himself. Right? I'll tell you what, we would be wise to do the same to learn the precepts of the Lord, and then really to hate those false ways beginning with ourselves. Okay, my time is up again. I'm Dale. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in the next episode.